Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends and we're excited to have you with us this afternoon along with our wonderful guest Don Kaiser. Today we're going to be talking about how to radically rev up your life and if you want to grab a notepad of some kind, you're going to want to take notes because during the next hour, you're going to discover the key to assessing your interest and need for a radical growth shift, the definition of a leap of faith and a sign that you're ready to leap, the seven radical pivot points, and how to know if you're really ready. Today's guest is Don Kaiser. She is a leapologist, I love it, and a joy refueler who specializes in energizing, encouraging, and equipping individuals to step out of their comfort zone and into the faith zone to follow their God-sized dreams. Her website is Dawn, D-A-W-N Kaiser, K-A-I-S-E-R.com. Welcome to you, Dawn. Hey, Marty. Thanks for having me today. Well, it's so great to have you, and I know we've shared space on the air before over on your end of the world, and it's fun to have you here on Marnie's Friends, so thanks so much for coming. No problem. I'm always delighted to talk to you and to also share with your listeners as well. Well, you have an interesting title. You are a leapologist and a joy refueler, and first of all, I know you know my uh, first name, Marnie, means joy in Hebrew, and my middle name is Joyful. Or joy, rather. Yeah. So my my name actually means joyful joy, which is fun. So talking to another joy refueler is amazing. Love that. Love it. We um, have more leap- joy in the world. I know we do. Spread a little joy. So a leapologist. That's kind of an interesting term. I love it. Um, how how did you actually come up with that? Yeah. So I started studying. I. I went out on my own two years ago, and I started studying how I was building my business, and really it came down to two key strategies that I have built my business on. And number one is asking questions, which we'll talk about in the radical pivot points. But really the foundation of it was taking leaps of faith. And the more I talk to other entrepreneurs and and other business folks and and Mm -hmm. just folks in general, every single dream that we've ever created and every transformation that's ever happened in our lives is because we've been willing to take a leap of faith. And so I started studying leaps of faith and just gave myself the title leapologist. Well, I love it. I love it. And it's so true that usually, um, even with a good business plan, it still requires a little bit of faith. And uh, you do have to have courage. I mean, that's one of the consistent things we see among leaders is that they have a lot of courage. They're willing to do what other people simply aren't willing to do. Uh, it, It takes faith to step out. Let's go ahead and dive in today because our listeners came to discover uh, how to recalculate and, and reassess, how to radically rev up their lives. So let's start first with the key to assessing your interest or need for a radical growth shift. Um, how, how would you help somebody start to identify this? Yeah. When I work with clients in particular on identifying if they're ready for a radical growth shift, you know, we, we kind of assess 
what they're feeling. We tune into what their, their emotions are telling them, what their mind is telling them, what their body is telling them. And really some key things that, I, uh, that are common themes that I hear from coaching clients is, number one, restlessness. They just aren't feeling satisfied in doing what they've been doing, maybe for a few years, maybe for many years on that end. Another one that I hear a lot of times is they just feel like something's missing or that there's something more that they, they are feeling called to, but they might not know specifically what it is, or they have a vague idea, but don't know how to articulate it or pursue it really well. Another one is that they feel heaviness in life, that it's just kind of they wake up in the morning and there is no joy for them in the morning. They wake up and they kind of are on autopilot going through their motions and they've really lost their joy as well. And the last one that I hear from clients is that they don't feel that they get to truly be themselves anymore. Like something's missing and that they're not fully aligned. Maybe their lifestyle's not fully aligned any longer with their values or their job or where they're working is no longer aligned with what they are, how they are called to live and how they are called to be in this world as well. So those are some of the key things that I hear from my clients. And when I pick up on those, I'm like, ooh, that, that means there's a time for a shift to happen for you. And when you talk about shifts, um, you know, today we're kind of talking about bigger shifts, but they yeah. come in all sizes. Um, sometimes a very small thing can make a big difference. Uh, so maybe give us some examples of shifts that you've seen people take. Yeah. So on the bigger end, obviously, shifts of people quitting their jobs, people ending even um, relationships. Moving, those are the bigger kind of shifts on that end, doing a different career transition. And the smaller shifts are really more what we do on a day-to-day basis, as you mentioned, and that might be a shift in perspective. I was just actually having a conversation with a coaching client about shifting the perspective of being willing to receive judgment and also in order to be willing to receive true love and true opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Or a shift in perspective of how I wake up or how I go to bed in the morning. You know, just simply telling yourself how many times do you hear people say, well, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. If you can shift that language to I'm, I'm excited to go to sleep or I've got plenty of sleep, you will actually transform how you wake up in the morning with those. Um, another shift that I see with coaching clients is being willing to let go of what was in order to, to have what can be. Um, For instance, specifically, I have a coaching client who she's been in the finance industry for 20 plus years, and she knew that there was a calling for something more, something different. And I started asking her what she wanted to be when she wanted to grow up. And she said, well, I always loved working with animals. And so she's shifting from her career. So she's not quitting her job right now, but she's just making a shift to focus her additional extra time into how she can love on pets and how she can help pet owners love on their pets as well. So it's little shifts like that that can really lead to big changes overall. Your pet example there uh, triggered a thought for me. A friend of mine, Marnie yeah. Pearson, um, she, uh, she wanted to have this horse ranch, you know, but she needed a fence. And mm. she couldn't afford a fence. I mean, it was, it was mega, mega thousands of dollars to do this fencing around this whole area that she had. And there was simply no way. And she started to pray. And she was praying and praying. Well, then there was someone who approached her. And I had heard that she was starting, you know, wanting to do this horse uh, corral or whatever. And they, she said, well, I do, but I don't have a fence. And they said, well, I'll tell you what. 
if you would take care of my horses for such a period of time, I will build your fence. <laughs> and she yeah. has her fence. You know, it's like yeah. we think it's impossible because, it, like you say, that perspective has locked us kind of into a certain way of thinking about it. Like, what can I do to solve this problem? Because that says there's a really big God who really put this desire in my heart and is perfectly capable of helping me achieve it. Yeah, and really honestly, I work with folks on, on God-sized dreams, and that means they are bigger than just you, and you have to lean on and lean into God to help them be become truly fulfilled. But it doesn't mean that we can't focus on what we can control of and then give the rest to God and go, okay, God, I can't build that fence. I don't have money for it, but I'm going to trust that if this is truly the dream that you're calling me to, that you will – that you will create or make those connections happen like that. I love that example, Marty. <laughs> I have a friend who says, you know, if you can do it by yourself, it probably isn't a God-sized dream. <laughs> exactly, right? If you can get it done in a day or a week, it's, it's a not little big safe. enough. But that's again okay, where so people let's... go to their comfort zone versus a leap of faith kind of dream. Right, right. And the assessment there, I, I like, I like it, you know, so if you're listening to us right now and you're like, no, I, I do feel restless. I, I don't feel like I'm being fully myself or that I'm living up to my dreams. Then you know that this is really for you to consider right now is, is yeah. have shaken this up so that you move to the next step. Well, let's talk a yeah. little bit about what it means to take a leap of faith and maybe a sign that you're ready to leap. Yeah. So for me, leaps of faith are really about stepping outside your comfort zone into what I call the faith zone. It means that, as we've just pointed out, that what I want to accomplish is bigger than what I can do by myself. I'm going to need a tribe of people to help me along that journey. Um, I'm also going to need a a God to help me along that journey because I can't do it on my own. And so a leap of faith doesn't just have to be one big step. It can be all the little steps in that journey. I think that's sometimes where people get confused or they hold themselves back because they think a leap of faith means going from one side to the other side, and I've made a, made a leap of faith. But really, leaps of faith are stepping out of your comfort zone step by step by step by step on that and then taking <laughs> those little leaps to add up to the big leaps. I remember when I left uh, into my business, I thought, well, that's one leap and I'm done. And now I've learned it's like, nope, that was a leap, but there are other leaps that add up to that God-sized dream as well. Oh, my goodness. Of course, there's this one scene in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark where the hero is standing at the edge of a cliff. It's just a, a yep. complete cliff off. And he has to get across to the other side, and it is too far to leap. He cannot possibly jump it. And so he, he knows he has to get across, and he knows there must be a way. I, lo- I love this picture in that movie of faith because he knows there must be a way. There has to be a way. So he picks up some sand, and he throws it out, and the sand lands on the invisible pathway. And then he yeah. puts one foot out, and he realizes, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm dead. But he puts one foot out, and then he puts it down, and sure enough, it's solid. You can't see the road or the path across, but it was there. I love that because it was such a beautiful picture to me of what God requires of us. We really do have to trust that he's got us. And then, you know, we've got, like it says in the Bible, that lamp to our feet, the light to our path. And maybe we can't see the whole path all the way, but we can see the next step, even if it looks scary and precarious. Yeah. 
Well, and I liken Leap of Faith to being a farmer. I grew up in uh, central, west central Minnesota and I farming community, right? And our job in a Leap of Faith is to continuously plant those seeds and then trust that God will make them grow, right? There's a, a passage yeah, in Psalm 14, right. 6 that says, do you think you can mess with the dreams of the poor? You can't, for God makes their dreams come true. It says God makes their dreams come true, but we have to plant those seeds and we have to take those steps forward even when we don't see it. What is that verse that you just mentioned? Psalm 14.6. It's the message translation. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about that. I hadn't hadn't remembered that there was one kind of like that, but I'm going to look that up. That's really cool. Well, we're going to take a quick little break here. Come back and talk about the seven pivotal uh, radical pivot points. And you're going to love this because they actually spell out the word radical in an acronym that's going to be easy for you to understand. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you're visiting us today at Marnie's Fence. We're talking about recalculating for radical growth with our guest today, Dawn Kaiser. She is a leapologist and a joy refueler, a coach, and an author and a speaker, and we're so happy to have her here with us today. Welcome back, Dawn. We're going to go right into uh, your acronym to spell out the word radical, and these are the radical um, pivot points that that people go through. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take us right straight down through and tell us what all the acronyms mean there, what they are, and then we'll go back one by one and dive in deeper. So I chose the word radical because it means to be different, right? So when we are taking these with faith, it's to realize that we're going to be different um, from the rest of the world because the rest of the world is kind of comfortable and staying in their comfort zone. And so we need to be radical, and that's what I think God calls us. So the radical model stands for recognize your dream and divine self, awaken your faith muscle, declare and act, intentionally reframe your fears, commit to refueling yourself, ask for support, and then leap like a lioness and grow rich. <laughs> leap like a lioness. I love it. Okay, so let's start with, you know, R, in my, my most recent book, uh, Flow Through Vessel, I have the four R's. And the first R mm-hmm. in my list of four R's is recognize. It's the same one. That, that is just a critical point. And, you know, the reason that you have to include that R is because you can have a roadblock. You can have an illness. Uh, you can have whatever. If you don't recognize it, you cannot take action on it. Yeah, and it's about getting really clear. I think there are are folks out there who say, well, yeah, I have a dream, but then when you ask them to articulate it or to clarify it, they ramble on for hours and hours. And to me, it's going, you can't pursue something if you don't know the direction. It's kind of like if if you and I hopped in a car and you said, well, I want to go on a road trip. And I said, okay, where to, Marty? And you're like, I I don't know. I just want to go on a road trip. Well, it's going to be hard to make that happen, right? So getting really clear on what your dream is. 
The other part of that, and I said to recognize your dream is because um, I talk about this in, in, with my coaching clients as well, is to ask the question, is it really my dream? I, I right. work with coaching or clients to, to get clear on that it's not a dream of their parents or it's not a dream of I should because that's what society is saying. You know, I remember when I was doing children's ministry, there were quite a few folks in my church that said, oh, my gosh, you should be a pastor. And I really had to check in when, is that my dream? Or is that their dream? And it really was their dream because I was not feeling called to become a pastor of a church. I was completely fine being a children's ministry director and doing mission work at that point in time. But I, for a second there, I started questioning going, should I pursue that dream? But I'm glad I checked in and checked in with God and said, whose dream really is that? And it wasn't mine and I could let it go. Right. And so to come back then to recognizing what is your dream, what's your desire, what's making you feel restless, what's making you feel like you're not living up to being yourself. And it is critically important to recognize that this is a, this is a conversation to have you, with you and God. Um, even yeah. but It was funny because in the past few years, um, we've gone through a lot of changes uh, in our lives. You know, we sold the restaurant and closed the retail store like that. And what's funny is that Dave had an idea for me, and I at one point had an idea for him. And we both, I mean, we've been married 34 years, and so we've yeah. done pretty well. And we both thought we had figured out the dead-on um, thing that would make the other person really happy. And both of us had the same reaction to the input. It was like, I would hate that. <laughs> and it was funny. It was funny because even somebody that close to you, is only able to look at what they can see of you. And then there's all yeah. of this inside part that only God can know. That's why, that's why when people are lonely, they don't really need other people. They need to recognize that God is with them. When I'm yeah. lonely, yeah. no one else can really experience what I'm experiencing because they haven't lived through all of my past. They haven't had all of my dreams. They haven't, you know, they... They can't possibly really understand what I'm going through, but God yeah. can. And so yeah. whether it's on a good side, like you're pursuing your dream interest, or on a downside, like you're super lonely or something, really it is God who can come and help us to see things through the right lens. And, and I think the perspective point that we talked about earlier is so critical. Yeah. Well, and that's the other key. Once, you know, you talk about ownership and then the other half of that is recognizing, is it in alignment with what God is calling me to? Is it in alignment with what his will is? I mean, because again, that for me is so core and how I feel I've been able to grow my, my business is because I have checked in constantly with God going, okay, every time I have an idea or think that, you know, I should change a habit of mine, checking in and going, is that really the habit you want me to create? Is that the service that you want me to create, the product that you want me to create so that I know that my desire and dream will go much smoother that way than just me saying, well, I want to do this because it'll make me a lot of money right. or because this is what everybody is on the bandwagon for. If it's not aligned with God's will, it's not going to go as well and it will be heavy to you. Yeah. You know, my thing is, you know, God, when God's trying to get a your 3 billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way. Uh, you know, I yeah. use the example, if you are thinking you want to be a jet plane, but you're really built to be a bicycle, it is going to be a life of frustration. 
until yeah. you recognize, no, God built me to be a bicycle, not a jet plane, and vice versa. Yeah. So it's just yeah. critically important to do the soul work with with God and to find out what did he create me to do. There's, there's some really good um, resources out there for you, too. I love the uh, Lori Beth Jones. I think yeah, that's my yep. favorite one. When you're when you're just starting on this, like you don't even have a clue. Um, that's the one that I would recommend because not only does she take you through many many direct questions and stuff like that, but then at the end she includes people from the Bible who were kind of like you, you know. And yeah. and that's where I was able to say, wow, I didn't recognize that, but it's so true. You know, they they really did have kind of the same personality or bent as me and then you're able to kind of go forward but this recognizing is so important the second one you have in the word radical is the a for awaken your faith muscle so how do you recommend people go about doing that yeah part of why i said awaken your faith muscle is because i think and i'll i'll speak for myself and what i've heard from my clients is we know a lot about god but we've never truly experienced God and we haven't brought him in to our dream or our desire. You know, an easy example, how many times have we said, well, we want to get healthy, but we've never actually brought God into that conversation and said, okay, God, what, again, aligning ourselves with that, what is that about? Should I work out today? Should I eat this? And, and again, you might think, well, that's kind of trivial. God doesn't need that. God says to give him everything. Like he wants to be a part of every single piece of our life, our business, our dreams, our relationships. And so it's really about awakening our inner faith muscle and tuning in to that inner wisdom. I think we've allowed the world to really kind of filter and and become the the voice that we hear. And, And again, God says he's placed his Holy Spirit in us to guide us along this journey, along this leap of faith. And so it's really to figure out how to tune in. I know for myself, I, I'm an achiever by nature that's my one of my natural gifts and talents but i forgot to check in with god along that i was just do 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 and god really calls us to be and so awakening your faith muscle requires you to be still and to tune in to what god's wanting for you along this desire or or leap of faith yeah i love that and and that's something that you know when you think about um i don't usually like to call it daily devotions because i think that's messed up a lot of people, that concept of, of just, you know, you do it in the morning, you check it off your list and go through the day um, as if that's going to work. And it's not going to work. It has to be this constant relationship with God. And, a, yes, it is great to start your day with God, and I highly recommend it. But it's not something we do in the morning and then we're done. We, it's supposed to be praying without ceasing, the air of prayer. So yeah. when you get to this point here where you begin to think, you know, no, I, I really do want to live by faith. I don't want to just live, you know, week to week or even morning to night. I, I want to live moment by moment, faith by faith. You start to work this muscle, and it can be painful, and there can be discouragements along the way. But in the end, you know, I mean, <laughs> the goal is to be like a bodybuilder face person, you know, where <laughs> you are. Yeah, yeah. You are rock, you are rock solid, you know, um, and and your faith, your faith is so strong. I remember. Uh, years ago, when I started putting on the armor every morning, 
So mm-hmm. as I'm getting dressed physically, Don, I'm putting on the spiritual armor at the same time. Because if I wouldn't think of going out of my house without clothes on, I don't see why I would think of going out without the spiritual clothes on. So I just <laughs> get dressed every morning. And when I started putting on the armor, my shield of faith was pretty small. I mean, it was like a shield, just like a soldier's shield. And I remember that about a year later or so, I was talking to a mentor of mine, and I said, you know, it's crazy because now that shield is so big, I try to see the outside edges of it, and I can't. It's yeah. just huge now. This shield is so big. And um, yet even this morning, I was asking God about something, and he said, you're just going to have to apply faith to that. You know, you just can't see it right now. You're going to have to apply faith. And it's hard for us to do that. No matter how much we trust God is there, no matter how many times we've seen him come through for us, it's still kind of a challenge to get our heads around that he's just going to make us do it blind. Well, and it's also interesting to know that, you know, as you're building your faith muscle, to know that you're going to have those aches and pains and that it's not always going to, just because you tune into God, what he has taught me is just because you tune into him does not mean he's going to get you from point A to point B and let that only be your only journey. Um, an example of this, this past year, I did a, a telesummit, which you were a part of, and I had talked with God and tuned into my intuition saying, okay, again, God, who do you want me to reach out to? And, you know, I had a list of people, and I'm tuning in going, yep, okay, yep, I should reach out to that person, that person. And, like, the first five people I reached out to, they all said, nope, we don't want to be a part of the summit. We're just too busy. And I was, like, devastated going, oh, wow. my gosh, God, like, I, I <laughs> exercised this faith muscle, and right. here's this rejection. And the message I got back from is, I want you to know that you followed my instruction, and that's what I want you to focus on is obedience and not outcome. And I was like, okay, yep, like he's going to cover me and I just need to be obedient. Even if it means that I get a no, as long as I'm obedient, it's God saying you're doing my will, right? And that really is the true faith muscle. You know, and we can't really figure that out without God's help. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, in my mind's I'm seeing you're going along, you're going along, and you hit this roadblock. You know, you just got this roadblock right in front of you right now. So what we can't know is we can't know which kind of roadblock that is. Is this the kind of roadblock that is a huge red flag saying, do not pass this point? God's saying, don't go past here. Past here is dangerous. You have to turn and go right or left. You cannot keep going forward right here. Or is it the kind of roadblock that's saying, pause, pause, pause. Okay, now you can go. Or is it the kind of roadblock that's saying, this is a test of your determination. Are you willing to crawl over, under, or around this baby to keep going toward it? So only God can tell us which kind of a situation we're in. They all look like a roadblock to us. So, again, doing this without God is going to fail because you're trying to take a leap of faith. So what's your faith really in? And, you know, I just always ask people that. People will say, her faith carried her through. Actually, it wasn't her faith. It was her faith that allowed her to tap into the source who carried her through. It was God who carried her through. But it was her faith that was the funnel that allowed her to receive everything God had for her in that difficult situation. So, yeah, I love this. Um, You know, we've got to recognize, you know, recognize that there is a dream, a plan, and then awaken that faith muscle. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, and both of those require us to be still. We have to be able to listen. Yeah. yeah, we have to be able to listen to God. 
Yeah. Well, that's what even and, I and, had a friend the other day say, how do you listen to God? And I said, I have to get quiet and sit. I said, when's the last time you sat still? And she's like, oh, yeah, that might help. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, this is Marty Sedberg visiting today with Don Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser spelled K-A-I-S-E-R, donkaiser.com. We're going to come right back and talk about some more of the radical pivot points, including Declare an act and intentionally reframe your fears. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back, welcome back. And, of course, our guest today is one of our featured speakers over at womenspeakers.com. We love having you there, Dawn, and invite all of you who are listening to find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com. Dawn, thanks for joining us today. We're talking about recalculating for radical growth. And let's go right ahead into, we're spelling out the word radical. Uh, Let's go into the D and uh, talk to us about this a little bit. Yeah, so the D is declare and act. And the declare part goes back to, again, not only declaring your dream by telling others about it, right? Sometimes we have this dream in our head and the only person we ever tell is ourselves. And, and again, a, a God-sized dream requires other people to come along with us in that journey. And it doesn't mean that you have to declare it to the entire world by posting it on Facebook, but who can you reach out to to say, here's the, the dream or the desire that God God has placed on my heart, who can be your encourager, who can be that, what I call the vibe tribe and cheer you on, because it will take time. Like a God-sized dream doesn't happen overnight. It, it does take time. And like you had mentioned before, there will be roadblocks and we have to have that cheering group. I mean, I look at people who run marathons for 26 miles. They have people along that marathon standing there cheering them on, right? So it's declaring it that way, but it's also declaring who you are in God. Going back to, again, as you pursue a, a God-sized dream or you make this radical shift and step more fully into who you are called to be, the enemy is going to fight you. And he's going to try to make you doubt. He's going to try to make you question. And so it really goes back to affirmation statements, you know, of declaring who you are, declaring not only who you are right now, but who you are being called to step into. Um, what you know to be is true from God, and then taking action on it. Thinking again, what can I do today? What can I do this moment? I love um, Jack Canfield and Victor Mark Hansen, who wrote the books Chicken Soup for the Soul. They actually came up with what they call the rule of five, saying that every day they're going to do five things to move themselves closer to their dream. And so that's all about action, coming back and going, what are the five things that I could do today to move myself closer to their dream. And the example they gave is about selling their, their very first chicken soup for the soul book. And it might be just simply mailing a book out to somebody, or it might be making a phone call and contacting a, a bookstore, right? Or it might be 
giving one away to the person that you met in the grocery store, whatever it was, but they did five things every day. And that's truly how they got to live their God-sized dream because on a start, it wasn't really accepted or validated in the community that they were serving. Right. They they really got a lot of rejection at first. And Absolutely. Um, now to think about <laughs> to think about what's happened with that is pretty amazing. Yeah. I want to yeah. go back and dissect this one a little bit. So declare I think number one is to declare it in your own spirit to God. Um sometimes there is a pause where you wait and you, you aren't actually um running out talking to people about it. First there's you know, there's the principles, no pearls before swine. So in that one, you know, if you feel like if you feel like your family uh, isn't ready, you know, your sisters or whatever aren't ready to hear this yet and support you, it's maybe not the right time to go declaring it to everybody. And I know that you're not saying we should do that. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, there's stories in the Bible like yeah. Joseph when he told his family it was not at all received well. Um, Noah, yeah. uh, he was not at all received well. And so sometimes God has, you know, and I, I kind of call it like a bedroom relationship with us. <laughs> you know, you have this really intimate relationship with God, totally different from with a husband or whatever, but uh, you have this intimate relationship with God, and he doesn't really want us to go declaring it to everybody until it's time. And so the declare, I think, I think for me personally, when God has a big dream or vision in my heart, but it's not yet really clear and it's not ready to go public with it yet, Don, what I like to do is I just declare it verbally. I declare it to myself, I declare it to God, and I declare it to the unseen world. And I stand on that faith. And sometimes it's a while until I get yeah. to declare it to other people. Kind of talk to us about that, because I know you weren't saying we should do that necessarily. But So I've shared kind of this, this pause here. Maybe share with you what you're thinking, or with us what you're thinking right now about pausing before you declare yeah, so I, I definitely agree with you not to tell the, the whole world and even to know that as you pursue your God-sized dream, there will be people who you're not, who God does not lead you to, to share that. I mean, as I step into my business, I'm not sharing it with every single person I meet because I know there are some who are not ready to hear what I have to say. And again, that's discernment, I think, from God checking in going, should I reveal this, should I not? Um, part of what I see, though, is we have this great idea and until we declare it out loud to somebody else, you know, even if that's just one person, it, it tends to get stuck there, right? And it, it, it becomes like this romanticized, and I don't mean that in the term of a relationship, but it just becomes this fantasy almost of a dream that never comes to fruition until we actually declare it out loud. And that can be starting, like you said, Marnie, with yourself, declaring it to yourself that I am you know, a spiritual teacher, I am uh, confident and healthy, I am whatever, an author on that end. But then finding that at least one other person, I say, who can be your encourager along the way, who can be that person who says, and maybe it's somebody who's also got a God-sized dream, it doesn't have to be the exact same dream, but who is going through what you've gone through. I know for myself, these past two years, I found another entrepreneur who who speaks the same language, who is faith-based, who talks about radical shifts and transformation and really tuning into God. And it is because of her that I've been able to persevere through this because if it had just been in my own head, then I would have, would have waited until it was perfect. Right. And so to declare it and not wait for all the pieces of the puzzle to be 
aligned, knowing that God gives you one piece of the puzzle every time you take that step of obedience. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of, I am kind of a unique, um, unique bird in this, in this, but I know sometimes for me, many times actually for me, I guess just have to declare it to God, just God and me for a really long time and do a lot of legwork before I ever get to say it to anybody. And the beautiful thing is that God is my one then. Then God is my one. Yeah. And God carries us. But I agree. I agree that as soon as you can. And I always say God loves body life. He really isn't going to put me in a box and him and I just do it all the way by ourselves. He doesn't oh, do yeah. that. He, he, start, he may start there, but he's going to involve all kinds of people by the time he's done with it because that's what he does. And you talked about, too, in the declaring, before we move to the act, I just did want to mention, too, the declarations, you mentioned uh, it's important to have these statements that you make. I do this, and one of the things that's really beautiful right now is with the Internet, I can just go and type in Bible verses, and then I can type in who I am in Christ or um, fear yeah. versus faith, you know, whatever. Whatever I'm, whatever I'm feeling like I'm kind of struggling with right now, I can go ahead and type it, and then I just copy and paste those verses into a Word, Word document. I, I personalize them into prayers, and when I'm running on the elliptical, that's what I'm doing. I am, I am going through those scripture-based truth statements over and over and over so that they get down into my soul and into my spirit. And it is really powerful to declare who we are in Christ and what he says about us. I mean, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I, I always caution people to, if you firmly don't believe, you know, one of the affirmations that I say, I am worthy through Christ. And if you're struggling with saying, well, I'm worthy, then, then you can also add on, I'm worthy through Christ and I'm working on it, right? So as long as you're working towards <laughs> that, but knowing that Christ declares it already to you. Because, again, I, you know, sometimes when we say, or I'm enough, right, I, and, you, and your little voice inside your head says, well, I'm, you're really not enough. Then almost every time we say I'm enough, we hear the counter voice. So I, I, I am enough and I'm working on it, right? So then you can kind of quiet that voice as well. But I have 108 affirmation statements that I say to myself every morning. I have a little kind of um, beads necklace that goes with it. And I just hold on to those and declare them. And I love how you said what I've done to create those is, grab scripture and say, what does this scripture say about me? You know, I am not only God's child, but I am strong. I am courageous. I am victorious, you know, and declaring all of that because of who God is. Not because I can do it on my own, but because of who he says I am in him. Who I am in Christ, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's there's, uh, the, the latest brain research, too. I've been doing a lot of work on this lately. The latest brain research, too, is showing that when we declare things that we truly don't believe, it causes a, it causes a dissonance. It causes a darkness inside of us. Yeah. We really have to believe it, and then and then not only that, but then we have to act like it, which is the hardest part. Yeah. Um, but those two those two things have to go together, which is why your you know radical R was recognized. A is awaken face muscle, and D is declare and act. It is critical yeah. for us to find even even the smallest action that shows that we believe it that we believe that this is what God is calling us to do will help. But you yeah. have to take some action. You can't just always talk, 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 declare, 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 and no action. Yeah, right? Because faith without deeds is dead. And so we right. need to act. Yeah. We need to figure out what that small thing is and bring it back to the now. 
you know, I work with my coaching clients on, on figuring out what their God-sized dream is, and then we actually really bring it back to the now, saying, okay, what can I do this year? What can I do this month? What can I do this week? What can I do today? What can I do the second after we get done sometimes with the phone call? Or even what could they do in, <laughs> during the phone call? And it might be simply during the phone call, they declare it out loud to me as their witness, going, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And that's all they need to do yep. to take an action forward, right? Right, right. So when we go back to the four R's, it's recognize we have a problem, release it to God. Uh, is the second one, release it to God. And then the third R is receive his reciprocal gift. And the fourth R is thank him and then say, and what can I do for you today? So once yeah. again, once once we're doing with this with God, we don't have that same kind of pressure that we have when we're doing it independently of God. Independent of God, I have to figure this all out myself and I have to carry it all myself and I have to make it all happen all myself. But when we're doing it with God and through God and to God and for God, um, we have this whole powerful resource that is just waiting for us to yield to him so that he can do it through us. And then when we ask that question, what can I do for you today? Because honestly, yeah. we're doing it for him and to him and through him. He's doing it through us. So he is totally our partner. If it's a business you're starting and an idea you're pursuing, make God your, give him that, give him the 51% vote. Make him your partner yeah. and just take his lead. And then, and then you know, you really can just go forward. Well, let's move along to the I, which is intentionally reframe your fears. Okay, I am a fear-based personality. Uh, some people yeah, aren't. Yeah. Some people are, like, have so much courage that they almost kill themselves because they're doing dumb, outrageously courageous things all the time. But that's not me. I am a fear-based, I'm like piglet in, in, in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I always am just, you know, right into Jesus. Oh, it's scared of blah, 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 blah. But we have to, you know, allow God to reframe our fears. Talk to us about that for a few moments. Yeah, it's to recognize that fears are going to happen. You know, we think that if we leap by faith that we're leaping without fear, but that's not the case, and definitely not the case in my own circumstances. It's not the case that I see with most of my clients, is that we have to leap through the fears, right? We have to break through those fears because, again, they're going to come. I love the saying it says you have two choices when it comes to fears. You can forget everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. And really, that's what God's calling us to. When God says, um, you know, do not fear, he's really saying, face everything and rise. And face everything and rise with me. Know that I'm by your side, and I can help you reframe this. I can help you learn from it. You know, I see fears as a learning opportunity these days. doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, bring on the next fear. But when I start to feel it, I start to, again, go back to God and go, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What is this trying to teach me? How am I to break through this fear in order to get across it? Because on the other side of that fear is everything for that next step that I need. But if I let the fear stop me, then we're stuck in the middle of the road and all the people are zooming past me going, why isn't that person like leaping over it, right? Because I'm not willing to to do the work (laughs) to reframe it. Yeah. And I always like to remind everybody there's three kinds of fear. There's the powerful, awesome fear that we're supposed to feel toward God, and that's a healthy fear. There is yeah. a protective fear, like you're coming to a railroad crossing and the arms are down. Don't go across. You, you should feel a little, <laughs> a little intrepidation about going across right now because you're not supposed to go across. You want a lion coming your way. Um, but then there's the kind of fear that's a dis- disabling, a dis- 
uh, yeah, I can't think of how to say that another way, but, uh, a, a, a disabling fear that actually causes you to not do something that God has already provided a way for you to do, ordained a way for you to do. So, you know, you think of, um, you think of the, uh, the, the Hebrew guys getting ready to get thrown into the fiery furnace. That yeah. They probably weren't like, oh, good, you know, we get to get thrown in the furnace. You know, this will really prove to everybody that God's... I don't think they were <laughs> excited about it. I think the only emotion they could have felt right then was a cautionary fear and and potentially a disabling fear, too. But for some reason, they were able to... Their faith overcame their fear, and they did it anyway, yeah. and they showed us that God has got this. You know, he is... Um, he has made a way. I loved how they said it, too. They said, you know, King, um, if if God comes through for us, then God be praised. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. And that's actually, yeah. how, that's actually the only way. That's actually the only way to overcome our fears is to actually take it to, at least for me, Donna, to take it to the worst possible scenario and say, you know, but even if you take me there, I will still, I will still have faith in you. Yeah, you know, I think of the the biblical example of Queen Esther, right? And here she is being yeah. called to go speak to the king, and, and she literally says, "If I speak to to him and and I'm not called to the court, I could literally die." Like her life was on the line, and yet she says, "For such a time as this was I made," and she stood up and she faced it, right? And because of that, her her tribe was was saved, and so it's about knowing that there's a reason for the fear that you face and to know that you're not alone. It, I don't know a single person who goes, yep, I don't have a fear that I've had to overcome. Even even those extreme jumpers like you talked about who are willing to jump out of planes or who are willing to do that they have right. to come over. It's Absolutely. just that their fear isn't jumping out of a plane. They, they've already, you know, they're, they're good with that. But I'm, I will <laughs> tell you they have other fears, you know, of being seen or fear of being bankrupt or, you know, other fears that they've had to work through. It's just that we think, oh, they must be fearless because they do an extreme sport kind of thing. But yet there is fear in there in all of us. And that's why God tells mm-hmm. us not to fear. Right, right. That's what whenever an angel would show up to anybody, uh, the first things out of their mouth would be, don't don't be afraid, don't be afraid. You know, reframe this. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Get through this. This is Marnie Swebber. Visiting today with Don Kaiser of DonKaiser.com. We're going to come right back to talk about the rest of the seven radical pivot points as well as how to know if you're ready to leave. We'll be right back. ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI or S-P-I stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you're joining us for the last quarter of a program on recalculating for radical growth with our guest, Don Kaiser. Um, Don, let's talk next about how to commit to refueling yourself. So what's the difference between declaring that you're going to do this and committing? 
committing to refueling yourself really is about to know that your dream is going to take energy. It's going to take nourishment. And so committing to refuel yourself is, again, knowing where you truly get your true nourishment from, right? So for me, declaring is about actively declaring who God is, but committing to refueling yourself is about going back to God, going, okay, nourish me some more, right? Give, give me the nourishment that I need to, to persevere. It's also about taking care of yourself. Um, sometimes what I have seen is that we throw ourselves into our dream. And we start to sacrifice time with our family, time with our, our spouse, even time for ourselves. And so it's really about knowing that, yes, God's called you to this dream, but he has not called you to burn yourself out as you pursue this dream and really committing to take care of yourself because that's not selfishness when you take care of yourself. If you end up burning out and causing yourself to be you know, sick or unhealthy, then purpose and dreams through you that way either. So it's really more about nourishing yourself and your body, mind, and spirit. Mm, I love that. I one time heard a talk on uh, burnout, and I thought it was so good, and it really helped me. So um, he said he said that people never truly do burn out for God unless they're doing it independently of God. So not the whole yeah. thing maybe, but just parts of it. So if you envision the Holy Spirit as like a flame inside of your heart, living inside of you, um, the Holy Spirit's flame is never going to truly go out. He's not, he's not going to burn out. Uh, what happens is that everything gets cluttered in so much that it's kind of like you can no longer feel him there. You can't experience him anymore. He's just been buried under the busyness of everything you've got going. And so you burn out, but, but yeah. God hasn't burned out, you know, I mean, you've just burned out. And so, um, and there's a big difference between that kind of burnout from that God now moving you to a different thing. And sometimes people get that confused and, you know, they're feeling like you said earlier, they're feeling that restlessness, that heaviness, that something's missing, you know, and they're thinking they're hitting burnout and they may be. I mean, it has, to be, it has to be considered. But oftentimes, it isn't burnout. It's that God is actually calling you to something new, something different, to taking a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other part of it, too, is to ask yourself, am I running ahead of God, right? Like, that's when I think, feel my burnout sure. because I am trying to sprint. <laughs> and God's going, I'm back yeah. here. Like, I, I gave you a cycle of run rest. <laughs> Right. And I forget the rest part um, in that I'm like, oh, God gave me a dream. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. But he also and that's part of why I very much in the Bible, he talks about the Sabbath day. Right. About that is supposed yeah. to be mm-hmm. a day of rest and to honor that, honor what that is in your life as to when I'm going yeah. to detach and refuel as well. Absolutely. Uh, another one that you have here, A, the A in radical stands for ask for support. This is so important. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't do everything by yourself. You know, there's this term out there that, oh, that person's a self-made man or a self-made woman. But that's not the case. There is not a single person who is self-made because, A, we're all God-made, right, to begin with. And, B, you can't do it by yourself. Like, if it is truly a, a God-sized dream, there are going to be things that you're not good at. 
there are going to be areas of weakness that God's going to say, here's somebody who I'm going to put alongside you. I mean, I, I look at Paul. Paul didn't do his mission work by himself. He had Barnabas. He had Mark. He had a whole bunch of people that he surrounded himself with and then began to delegate going, yep, you stay there. I'm going to keep traveling on. And so it's to figure out who's your tribe. Who's that group of people that you want to surround yourself with? I call it the inner joy, inner joy circle, right? Who's supposed to be in your inner joy <laughs> circle as you pursue your God-sized dream? You know, who can be your coach who's going to help you break through those fears? Who's going to be that mentor who inspires you going, ooh, they've already led them, you know, and I want to, I want to follow not in their exact footsteps, but I know that, that that's possible. Who's that encourager who's walking along with you, experiencing similar you know, fears or what I call blessing blockers. And then who's that vibe drive, that, that cheering group? And that can be part of your friends. It can be part of your family. But it can also be not complete strangers, but people who are like-minded souls, right, who you have brought into that inner circle to say, here are the struggles and I want to be authentic and, and figuring out who that collection of, of folks is for you. Yeah. That's awesome. And then the last one is L, which is leap like a lioness and grow rich. I love that leap like a lioness. That is such a great picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, a chapter, and I'm not going to remember the exact chapter in Numbers, that talks about how we are called to rise up and be like a lion and a lioness, right? And, and God is the ultimate lion. He's the lion of Judah. And so I primarily talk with a lot of women. And so I say, you know, we need to, to leap like a lioness and to know that a lioness is right there standing with God. And there's a whole um, study by Lisa Bever who talks about awakening your inner lioness and then also growing rich. And when I say grow rich, it's not just about finances. Although going back to, again, declaring, God very much says he wants us to be rich, right? He talks about wealth. He talks about that end as well. But rich in love, rich in joy, rich in peace, rich in freedom, um, all of those things that you want are, are possible when you're willing to leap like a lioness and trust that God called you to this and he will get you through this. Okay, and if you're listening and you're not sure if God says that you should be rich or not, I'm going to encourage you to go over and take in the Godly Wealth Expo. That's at godlywealth.com, godlywealth.com. And it's got such a fun training over there because um, God brought together three guests on that expo, one of them, um, talks about what God actually says about money in the Bible. He's a pastor. Yeah. And then the second one, the second one talks about um, how God, how God communicates to us. And there was one day that uh, he needed God to show him if this massive ministry direction was what God wanted him to do next. And, and he said, you just got to show me in a clear way because I'm scared and I just need to, you know, it's kind of like a fleece thing. And he yep. had no idea how God would show him. But the next day God gave him this $2 million property that proved to him that God wanted him Love to it. go ahead with this. And the other guy that was on, um, he talks about how his church that he's been pastoring said, we think that you should become the um, generosity pastor for the United States of America, we'd like to commission you to that and we'll pay you a dollar a year. And uh, from that moment forward, God has provided all of his needs and he, his church pays him a dollar a year. So when yeah. we think about this, you know, money, uh, when we say rich or abundance or whatever, our, our minds always go to money. And God's, God's idea is like, yeah, money where it's 
where it's correct, and then all these other things that also matter so much. So if you're yeah. if you're not sure about that, go listen to godlywealth.com. And otherwise, Don, real quick here before we are done with our time, you have yeah. an amazing website, donkaiser.com, and it's D-A-W-N-K-A-I-S-E-R.com. And there's some freebies over there as well as you have a book that's out called Joy Notes, 90 Days to Delight. Can you tell us about some of that? Yeah, so if you go on my website, there's a a whole section on how to work with me. I have a whole virtual course called Putting Your God-Sized Dream to the Test. And so we actually walk through how you can test if you're ready to dig deep and to take that leap. There's also a free resource if you just put a backslash on my website and put uh, type in Put Your God-Sized Dream. Put your dream to the test. You actually have a free assessment out there, which will help you determine if you're ready to take that leap of faith. Um, Because know that right where you're at is a perfect starting point. It's just to, again, be willing to be radical and take that leap of faith as well. And there's retreats on my website, so I'm hosting an upcoming retreat in January. Um, you can learn more about that as well. That's all. Of course, you're available to speak at organizations if they are yeah. looking for a speaker. Yeah, and um, I just encourage you guys to go over and check that all out. Don, this has been an amazing hour full of great content. One thing before we're done here, do you have a favorite Bible verse or maybe a theme verse for life? Yeah, my favorite Bible verse is, um, I will actually tell you my, my Bible verse for 2018. Um, And that's Psalm 115, verses 14 through 15. And it says, may the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so for 2018, (laughs) my word is flourish. And so that is what I'm looking forward to, honing in on that Bible verse. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you guys, mine is 2 Corinthians 9, 8, especially in the NIV version, which said, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. I love this. I love it. I can't do it by ourselves, but with God, all things are possible. So as you're listening to us today, if God is bubbling a big dream to your heart and you're like, no, it's been here a long time. I just haven't known what to do with it. We encourage you to take action, to to actually get alone with God, to declare what it is that He's putting to act on it, and um, yeah. to reframe your reframe your fears and go forward with Christ. Oh, Don, thank you so much. It has been a tremendous pleasure, and thank you for the invitation to invite and share with you. And thank you all for listening today. You know, we cannot have a show without you here. It's always so fun when you come. And we ended up being uh, number one on the Blog Talk Radio again today because so many of you show up live. That is such an honor to me and to us. Thank you for that. Thank you for those of you who host us on your website all around the world. Thank you for those of you who have shared locally with people and, and gotten us on the stations there as well as to iTunes and Stitcher. And thanks always for coming and listening anytime you can. So I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.